All right, welcome to another episode of the Silver Screen and Roll podcast. I'm your host, Jazz Kang. Uh, don't forget to check us out on Twitter at LakersSBN. And you can check out the website for all things Lakers, silverscreenandroll.com. Harrison, Anthony, Alex, and Christian have you covered with some amazing content updated daily. So make sure you check out the site. Joining me today, senior writer with ESPN, professor at USC, board member at Murray Scholars, even helped launch Kate Upton into fame, and a must-follow online, Arash Markazi. Arash, thanks for taking the time out to come on the pod, man. Thanks for having me. All right, so I just saw a little while ago you tweeted out, not a fan of the new Lakers, um, the City Edition uniforms. <laughs> What's wrong with them, in your opinion? They're horrible. What you I mean, <laughs> you just have to look at it. I mean, it might be the worst Lakers jersey uh, uh, that, that I've ever seen, and, and they have a couple of, uh, not a couple, the, the road one, the purple. I don't like these stripe down the side, but other than that, it's okay. But my goodness, this uh, City Edition is easily the worst uh, uniform in uh, Los Angeles Lakers history. Yeah, we'll even say in NBA history. This is like a cheap knockoff of the Raptors one, something you might get uh, when you order online from some foreign website and, and they send you one of those. Don't look, uh, don't, not looking forward to seeing how they look on the players either. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, they, they, they have these classic yellow or gold and then purple uniforms, and then I get the white and I get the black and so you, you got four options there I, I don't know what they're going with the city edition which is just uh horrendous i mean you just need to see it and if you see it uh, you're gonna uh i think you i think you're gonna agree with me but my goodness I, I i i just when i first saw the leak and these things normally get leaked I didn't want to believe it, and then it got confirmed, and I said, oh, my God, that's the worst thing I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, and if you do want to get a sneak peek at him, you can check him out on uh, Arash's Twitter page. You can follow him at Arash Markazi. Now, Arash, uh, Lakers did get a big win last night, as it was with the previous Mavs win. Uh, had to sweat it out a little bit. They're starting off at 5-6. and six. What are your thoughts on the LeBron era, although, although it's been short? What are your thoughts on it so far in his time here in L.A.? Yeah, you know, when when we saw this roster, I knew it wasn't a championship team. I, I did think at some point it's going to be a, a playoff team. And when I say some point, I mean, I definitely thought that, that that they would have a slow start. So this is not shocking. I mean, historically speaking with LeBron, you know, he had a slow start when he joined the Heat and when he joined the Cavs again. So uh, this is not uncommon. I don't think this team rebounds to make it all the way to the NBA Finals. I'd be shocked if they even got to the Conference Finals. I mean, if they did, that would be a, a huge success for this particular team, just because if when you look at who they have on the team, and you go back to the summer where I think everyone was clearly uh, um, happy when they got LeBron, but then a little the happiness kind of went down a little bit when you saw who else they signed, and that was for a good reason. I mean, these are good players, but they're not, you know, I mean, these are guys who have seen um, you know, they're not the players that they used to be. So I, I knew this was going to take some time. Well, why do you think they've been off to a slow start? I know you mentioned, you know, LeBron has been off to uh, similar, you know, similar um, uh, difficulties when he was when he went to Miami the first time, when he went back to Cleveland the second time. Uh, the difference being, though, man, I mean, when he went back to that Miami team, they had Chris Bosh and, and Dwayne Wade. And yeah. then when he went to Cleveland, he had uh, Kevin Love and, and Kyrie yeah. sitting there waiting for him. Um, wh what do you attribute to the Lakers so start so far? Well, I mean, number one, I mean, so I mean, the, it's not a ta it's not a, um, as talented as those teams. Right. So that that's 
that's the n- number one thing. Defensively, though, I, I really did not expect them to be one of the worst defensive teams in the league, and they clearly have been. I mean, I, I, I keep going back to the San Antonio game. I mean, it is hard to score 142 points and lose a game. I mean, I don't <laughs> yeah, care what, what you're talking about. So, um, you know, the talent's not there in terms of them being one of the top teams in the league, but I do think that they can be a playoff team. But when you don't have that talent, you got to be a d- defensively tough team, and they're not there. Now, I'm not saying that they can't get there, uh, but, you know, when you watch them defensively, my goodness, I mean, like, even if they have a 20-point lead, that this is the type of team that I'm not confident can can kind of close a team out. So, I mean, uh, again, I, I think when you look at the roster, I think that they are a playoff team. I still think that they will make the playoffs, but, you know, I think people who thought that just because they got LeBron, they're going to be a championship contender, that is not the case. Yeah, and it's funny to see. I mean, the young guys with like Kuz and, and Ingram and, and Lonzo Ball, it's been a bit of a weird fit. And I, I think that's going to take time. I mean, they're all, you know, in their, in their early 20s still uh, playing with a legend like LeBron. It might be a little bit intimidating uh, and also might be a little bit difficult because you have to adjust how you're playing. You're not getting 20, 25 shots a game like you were last year, um, particularly with Lonzo. How do you think he's fitting in so far? He's had some up and down games. I mean, sometimes he's looking really good and he's engaged defensively and on the rebounding side of things. But, you know, he's not really living up to the billing of of what people thought. I know he's still a young guy, but uh, at some point they're going to have to justify why they took him over a guy like Tatum. Well, listen, I think the Tatum pick, I mean, you're going to make mistakes in a draft and I I don't foresee him being as good as Tatum, um, but... I do think he will blossom into a good player. I think when you look at what he's done so far this season, he's coming off of the surgery he had. And so, you know, I'm not going to use the first 10 games to judge him. But, uh, yeah, I like that they're starting him, though. I was a little worried with Rajon Rondo if he was going to get the bulk of the time that that has not been the case. Um, But I still have confidence in Lonzo being a good capable, dependable point guard in this league. I don't know if he's ever going to be the superstar people thought he was, but I do think he will be a good point guard. Even pretty happy the fact that we haven't heard much from LeVar, or is that kind of hurting hurting the ratings and the click rate online? <laughs> no, it's good that he's not. I mean, like, I think he's got his world tour going with his league. And um, and I know, listen, I know the, the, the team talked to him about that before, you know, just allow your son to play, allow your son to grow. And so it's good to see him. Like when I go to games, I see his mom there. I see, you know, there, it's not like he doesn't still have support there, but um, it is good that LeVar is allowing Lonzo to grow on his own. And I hope that he does that with his kids as well. And I think he means well, but I think, you know, especially when he starts talking about Luke and he starts talking about, uh, things that kind of put Lonzo in a tough position, that's not good. You mentioned Luke Walton, uh, obviously a bit of a dust-up between him and Magic Johnson earlier uh, last week. You know, apparently he called him into the room and then they had a Magic kind of gave it to him a little bit about what he didn't like with the way things were going, especially on the offensive end. Um, even though, you know, Luke Walton wasn't hit Magic and, and Rob Palenka's hire, 
Um, how do you think Luke's been doing so far? And I, you know, and I, I've, I've seen a lot of things online. I get some comments from people saying they need to fire him. Uh, I'm not on that boat. It's only 10 games in. It's going to take a while to figure out which rotation uh, and kind of which uh, lineups are, are gelling and, and which ones mesh. And I think for the Lakers going forward, uh, you're going to see different combinations at different times depending on the matchup. But uh, overall, what do you think of Luke Walton's performance so far this season specifically? I think he's done okay. I mean, I mean, clearly they're below 500, so it has not been great. But again, to my previous point, I think that is more a product of the team than his coaching. And so, but I do get where Magic is coming from, and those kind of conversations happen on a regular uh, basis throughout the league. The unfortunate thing is that that got leaked, so that puts Luke in a tough spot. That means he's technically kind of on the hot seat. And so you, you, you hate for that kind of stuff to get leaked and for that stuff to come out because, again, those are conversations that happen constantly around the league. I mean, this was a team that a lot of people expected to be one of the, you know, let's just say top five teams in the league. And so for them to be below 500, 10 games in, that's not a good look. For them to be given up 100, whatever, 20, 30 points a game, <laughs> that's not good. So, I mean, these are conversations that need to be had, but when it gets leaked, and it comes out that he's not happy and things like that, that's not good. So um, I like Luke as a head coach. I think he's the right guy right now. You know, that being said, I mean, let's see how this season plays out. I'm not going to jump to conclusions 10 games in, but if we get halfway through the season and they're still struggling and they haven't improved, I'm not saying they're going to pull the plug on them, but that's a question that you're going to have to have in the summer when you have one more max slot. And then when you sign another max player, at that point, your expectations are not just to make the playoffs. You want to win a championship. And so you have to decide at that point, is Luke Walton the guy who can take you there? Yeah, you mentioned, you know, going into into next summer, I, I'm in the same boat as you. I don't, you know, I think the Lakers will get into the playoffs. Ultimately, uh, not going to be a championship contender. I don't think any of the teams are really besides the Warriors this year. Uh, Denver is looking really good. And Boston, maybe if they if they get things going and, and it's the right matchup and, and, and things play their way, we could see a good NBA finals. The Raptors obviously uh, playing pretty damn good so far. Uh, LeBron, though, turning 34 this year, just in a, about a month now. Um, you think the Lakers will be able to attract another max guy? I mean, you got Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, Kyrie, Clay Thompson, Boogie Cousins, all these guys up. And if they can't land one of the big fish, do you think they'll make a mistake, in my opinion, of settling for a guy like Kemba Walker? No, no, no. I have, I, I have all the confidence in the world that they can attract a big-name free agent. It's Los Angeles, it's the Lakers, and more than anything, it's LeBron James. So you're going to have stories and you're going to have people coming out that like who wants to play number two to LeBron well I'll tell you there's a lot of guys who <laughs> went to Cleveland Ohio to play with LeBron James I think when you are offered a max contract to come to Hollywood to come to Los Angeles to be with the Lakers to, to join LeBron James to put together a you know potentially championship team um, that's not a problem for me I get the sort of um, you know, I get what you're saying, though. I mean, the Lakers went many, you know, four or five off seasons here where they could not attract someone. But I think that's because Kobe was at the end of his career. They were a below, a below 500 team. But I think with LeBron and this young core that they have, I would be shocked if they don't get one more guy. If you had to pick one of those top fish that, that I mentioned, who do you see coming, coming over to the Lakers? That's a great question, you know, because I, I know the guy that they, the number one guy that they want is Kevin Durant, and I'd be curious his mindset. I mean, if he's just happy being in Golden State, and I have no reason to believe he's not, then that's not going to happen. But 
um, you know, Kawhi is a guy that they certainly want. And so, um, you know, those are like the top two guys, right? Those are, you talk about two of the top five players in the world. And so if the Lakers can all of a sudden have two of the top five players in the world on their team, now you're talking about clearly a championship contending team and a team that's not going to be okay going, you know, four and five, five and six or something like that. Well, you know what? I'm Canadian, so I'm hoping uh, that Kawhi Leonard stays in Toronto just because it's good for <laughs> basketball in the in the country. I mean, uh, the Raptors are off to a great start, uh, and they're and they're playing good ball, and they've won some games without him. So I'm I'm hoping he stays there. I know a lot of people wishing uh, Kawhi makes his way out west here to L.A. Now you've been here for quite some time as well. Uh, you wrote for what was ESPN Los Angeles at the time, uh, especially when Kobe was was leading the team to back to back titles back in uh, 09 and 10. If you look at the organization, just the Lakers itself do you think there's a big difference between how it was run back then compared to how it is today well it is night and day when you just look at the personnel you know Rob Palenka and Magic Johnson and even Jeannie Buss as the uh, owner of the team and so um, but you know I think what they missed the most from the glory days is Dr. Jerry Buss Dr. Jerry Buss always got the player that he wanted his players loved him very much and uh, you know, he just had that stability. And so you never had to worry about sort of who the Lakers were because you knew who they were. And I think that's why Jeannie had to move, make the move that she did. I mean, there was some confusion of who's in control. Is it Jim Bus? Is it Jeannie? What are they doing over there? And so th- there's no question about that now. I think that they needed to kind of get the house straight before they went after LeBron. And I think like LeBron looked at, what was happening and he likes Jeannie and Rob and magic. And so he liked what they were, what that, what that team had. And so, but I think what they had before, you know, it's hard to replicate that with Dr. Jerry Buss. And obviously, obviously when they had uh, Pat Riley and then Phil Jackson, I mean, those were, I mean, you, you just knew what to kind of expect from those teams. So it's a little different now, but they're hoping for the same kind of success. Yeah, I remember when, because uh, I was actually interning at ESPN LA back in 2012, and I was like, Mike Brown? Like, when he was coaching the team, I was oh, like, yeah. what? Like, why would they choose him? And then I remember there was there was rumors that they were going to go after Phil, uh, ultimately settle on D'Antoni, and, and that season was just a train wreck. I mean, from Steve Nash getting hurt early, and then the friction between uh, Kobe and Dwight Howard, and that was really the last time people looked at the Lakers like, all right, they're, they're a championship contender, and since then, it's it's been a lot of downhill. Yeah, I mean, I remember before that season, and I wasn't the only one, obviously, writing a column how this was going to be a, a championship team because you're, you're talking about a team that was already a, a championship team, and you're putting Dwight Howard on that team, Steve Nash on that team. Um, Mike Brown clearly was not the right coach. I think I still go back to if Steve Nash comes to the Lakers healthy and stays healthy, and Dwight Howard is healthy. I I I I still think that that is a uh, contending team, like a championship contending team. I mean, I think people kind of just forget that Steve Nash's career basically was done, like after he hurt himself. Dwight was not healthy that entire season, and I really wish that they would have hired Phil Jackson. I mean, that was the perfect hire from everything I've been told. That that wasn't the guy that Jim bus wanted i know that is clearly the guy that genie bus wanted so um that was unfortunate that was sort of like to your point the last season we went into thinking that this was a championship team now now this season 
for the first time since then, there was some expectations. I don't think championship championship expectations, like you said, with the Warriors. I mean, they are so clearly the favorites. It's not even close. But there are there are people who believe that this is a team that could potentially, if all things go their way, get to the conference finals. And so, again, like I don't think they're there yet. But if they kind of turn the corner here and make a couple of moves at the trade deadline, who knows? I mean, that, that, if they got to the conference finals, that would be a tremendous season for them. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, you know, coming in, I, I thought the biggest issue they were going to have is, is finding chemistry, which I think we're seeing, you know what I mean, with, with mixing and matching and figuring out what lineup combinations work. And then you're looking at... Um, you're looking at uh, you're looking at some of the kids. I really want to see Ingram or or, or Kuzma or or even Lonzo Ball like take take the lead role and become the second guy. You know what I mean? Come the become the Robin to to LeBron's Batman. And I think you're going to start seeing that more and more. They got a nice stretch of six games here that they probably should win four or five of them. Uh, it's a, it's an easier schedule. So I'm hoping they do turn things around because let's be honest, the NBA way better when the Lakers are good. Oh, 100. percent I mean, I I just think it's it's a fun. League, I, I I know leagues, you know, say that they can't choose favorites, but you know, you want the Dallas Cowboys, you want the Los Angeles Lakers, you want the New York Yankees, you want these teams to succeed because it's just fun. And even if you hate them, it's fun. It's fun if they're relevant and they're playing well, and so you can root for them to lose. So um, again, I I do think it, it. You know, we're just you know ten, eleven, twelve games at the end of the season, so I'm not going to get too crazy, but. I do think that they will turn a corner. I do think they will be a playoff team. I have a hard time imagining them getting past uh, the second round. I think that they can win like a first round matchup against some team. But um, but again, I mean, there there are moments where this team shows me things, and then I'm like, man, they can't play any defense. So <laughs> we will see if they shore that up. Yeah, if JaVale McGee's your second best player, you, you have to know, start, right? start changing some things around. Uh, another thing I wanted to ask you about, you know, we're, we're referencing uh, the, the Kobe era a little bit. Uh, I'm not saying all. I know most fans are, are definitely embracing and love the fact that LeBron's in, in the purple and gold. But um, why do you think a certain faction, small portion of them, of Lakers fans have been a little bit hesitant to embrace LeBron compared to how Kobe's revered here? You know, I mean, Kobe Bryant spent his entire career here. So, I mean, you spent 20 years with one team, I mean, and – during, um, let's just say, the last half of that time period, you've been trying to say that he is the greatest player and he's far greater than LeBron. And, you know, there's never been a Lakers-LeBron rivalry, but they've come close a couple times. And during that time period, you've had to be the guy or the girl who said LeBron is nothing compared to Kobe he had to go, like, you know, he had to leave Cleveland to go to Miami, and then he had to leave Miami to go to Cleveland. And, and so now that he's with your team, it's hard to flip that switch. Now, I will say this. I think the majority of Lakers fans have made that switch. There are people who are just uh, Kobe fans. I mean, like, you know, they are Laker fans as a byproduct of Kobe being with the team for his entire 20-year career. But they are not Lakers fans, you know, they are, they are more Kobe fans. Because if you're a Lakers fan, you want what's best for the team. And what's best for the team is for the best player in the league to join your team. And so, um, listen, I, I do get the Kobe fans being a little hesitant at the beginning. And by the way, I mentioned this before the season. I mentioned this back in February. I mean, I, I did a poll on my Twitter 
where it was close to 50-50. I mean, this which is crazy when you think about it. You're talking about a Lakers team that had not done a thing for five years, and I'm basically saying, hey, Lakers fans, what if the best player on the planet decided to join your team? And about half, maybe not like exactly half, but it was basically you know, close to 50-50, half saying yes, and then half amazingly saying, no, we're good. Which is crazy wow. to me. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, I I don't know any uh, rational sports fan who would say no. It's like uh, in the NFL, if somebody came to you and said, uh, if somebody came to a New York Jets or Buffalo Bills fan and said, "Hey, you want Tom Brady?" Oh, you'd be foolish to say no to that. I mean, yeah, yeah. He's, been, he's been a rival, or he might not be but that. You know what? Hmm. I think some of it had to do with your previous point of like the Lakers going through free agency after free agency with not getting their target, whether that was like LaMarcus Aldridge or Carmelo Anthony or Dwight Howard with those Dwight billboards, which were terrible. I mean, I think. Oh, yeah, those were awful. You know, you you go through a few summers like that where you're like, listen, I'm not going to keep my hopes up for LeBron. So. I do think, uh, clearly, it's not 50-50 now. It's not even close to that. But I think there were some fans saying, listen, I'm not going to put myself in a position where I'm going to vote for LeBron knowing he's not going to come. And I think even Laker fans were uh, couldn't believe it until they saw him wear the uniform. Like, is this really happening? So um, now that he's with the team and you go to games and it's like the majority of the crowd is wearing the purple and gold 23 and – they love LeBron when he makes a big move. And, and what's going to happen is he's going to develop more of a fandom here in Los Angeles when they win and they win big. How has the games, like the energy in, in Staples been so far this year? I know, I know it's only been a few home games, but are you finding a big difference compared to, compared to last year? Yeah, I mean, just in terms of just, you know, I mean, how excited fans are, the celebrity quotient is much higher. I mean, people are just excited to go to games now. And, um, you know, that Spurs game when LeBron hit sort of like that shot with two seconds left to, I think, tie the game. Um, if the Lakers would have found a way to win that game and come back, I think they, they were down by almost 20 points at one point. I mean, that was as loud as Staples has been in some time. Now, listen, you had the Kobe finale, which was next level. That was like amazing, amazing, amazing. That was, however, an amazing moment at the end of a ridiculously poor season. So I, I kind of put that in a separate category. But again, you know, there's this feeling now when you go to a game where like, listen, we're going to go see LeBron, we're going to go see the Lakers, and hopefully they're going to win. And, and again, you haven't had that feeling quite some time. Yeah, you know what? It's it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, I, I'm I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt for maybe the next 15, 20 games, and and if they're you know floating around fourteen and sixteen or fifteen and fifteen at the thirty game mark, it'll it'll be uh, it'll be a challenge, I think, for Rob Palenka, Rob Palenka and Magic Johnson to to keep selling the vision to the fans of, for this season. So we'll, we'll, we'll keep waiting until then. I mean, like you said, it's still really early, and and LeBron's here, and he, and he's still the best in the game. So I'm sure things will will turn around. Uh, one thing I did want to talk about: looking at your career. Uh, you really embraced the changes in journalism, kind of became a go-to guy uh, for online content. You mis- mentioned your Twitter account. Again, you can follow him at Arash Markazi. Uh, when did you start realizing the importance of social media in the, in the media industry? You know, when they, you know, when, uh, I guess about 10 years ago when you had Twitter and I mean, it, that was just such a great news feed for me. And I, and I always felt that that was like a great way to connect with fans as well. And a great way to kind of do quick turn uh, content and so I mean the one that always sticks out to me with the Lakers is you know when Kobe goes off on his teammates and saying you know you know like you know these guys ain't doing 
you know, yep. thing for me. And so, I mean, that was just such a great moment where I think, and, you know, 20 years ago, I would have like wrote down what he said on a notepad and transcribed it and sent it in as a story. Whereas in, you know, whatever year that was, I recorded the video and posted it real quick. And so, you know, fans get to enjoy these moments. And uh, what I like to do when I go to a game is to give fans the feeling that they're there too. So when a big shot happens, or a big moment happens, I sort of do like that crowd shot, you know, because like, listen, you're going to, you're going to watch the highlight, like I can't show you a perfect view of the play, but I can show you what the feeling is in the crowd. And so I've tried to do that just to sort of connect with the people. Yeah, I love I love seeing that when you were doing it during the World Series with the with the Dodgers yeah. and stuff. I mean, it, it is such a cool um, it's such a cool viewpoint to see because, like you said, I mean, you're getting the traditional angles on the on the you know the ESPNs and and the Fox Sports, but w- with you, it's like yeah, you you really turned it into a feeling of wow, that looks so cool to actually be there. Yeah, and so I mean, I know so many fans want to be there, and they clearly can. I mean, that that first. Uh, game LeBron had a table center. I mean, you know, the, the cheapest ticket was like $600 or something. Same with the World Series. And so I always try to do that, not just by crowd shocks. You know, here's what they have at, for food. Here's what they have at the concessions. Here's what they, you know, just try to take people within the game. And, and again, I, I know that they're going to watch the game on TV or they can get highlights on their computer but hopefully if they follow me, they can get more of a view of, you know, you know, here's what it's like in the seat. Here's like the T-shirts that they're handing out. Little things like that. Yeah, then that, that's I think that's that shows a lot of growth kind of as a as a journalist, too, man. I mean, you, you've you've changed and adapted, adapted with the times as as uh, Billy Bad Brad Pitt said as Billy Bean in the movie Moneyball. He's like adapt or die. So that's that's kind of the way you got to be. Um, another thing I want to talk about, you're teaching a sports commentary class at USC. So if there is any Trojans listening to this, uh, make sure you try and register for his class. Journalism 432. Um, what's the most important thing you would tell a young journalist growing up and trying to break into the industry today? You know, I, I think the biggest thing is to get real-life work experience, so whether that's being a um, intern or a volunteer or trying to find a, a – just to get your foot um, kind of um, in the door. And I know that's cliche to say, but it's really true. I mean, I think if you can kind of meet people while you're in school and put yourself in a position to get that job once you graduate, that's amazing. And that's sort of what I try to do during the course of the class is to bring – you know, people into the class. I take the class out to trips where we could go out to games and cover games. And I always say, hey, listen, this is the time in your life where you shouldn't be shy. This is the time in the life, in in your life, where you should be talking to people. And then, because usually people will, will want to help someone um, who is in college, right? When you are a professional, you're sort of the competitor. But for your four years in college where you can say, hey, sir, I'm a college student, whether I'm a sophomore, junior, senior, or whatnot, um, I wanted to pick your brain. And most people will, will be happy to give their kind of wisdom to a college student. Again, it's a little bit hard when you're a professional competing, but during your time in college, don't be shy. And I always tell my kids that, and, and some listen, some don't, but I think that's an important piece of advice for sure. 
Yeah, and you know what? I mean, I, I'm seeing it now. I just finished up the the master's program at USC, and it, it's hyper competitive here. You know what I mean? And you got to be able to find a way to to make yourself stick out compared to the rest. Um, get you out of here on this. You're doing really well in terms of your health. Uh, you lost over 40 pounds in the last little while. So good to see you doing that. Uh, you've been using a meal prep program called Urban Crunch Meal. How can people sign up for that? Well, if they follow me on um, Instagram, I, I kind of link to them. And I just link to them just because, like, I think it's a convenient way for me to lose weight, you know. So, uh, you know, when I go on uh, – when I go to games, right, I, I have to prepare my meals, and they do a great job of helping me out with that where um, it's not something that I can – that, that I have to cook because I really can't cook that well. So <laughs> I, I let them know what I'm trying to stay under. You know, I'm trying to stay under 1,700 calories per day. So they make sure breakfast, lunch, and dinner combined is less than that. And so it's great when I go out to games. If I'm covering a game, I bring the food with me. And um, yeah, it, it was just a decision that I had to make. I mean, it was something that has been on my mind for quite a while and then one morning I woke up and I said this will be the day I'm going to join the gym so it's been really good so far that's good man I know it takes uh it takes a lot of effort and uh a lot of a lot of discipline too I mean I I went through that as well I was I think I've lost about 70 pounds in the last five years so I mean I I understand how hard it is and, and the first step is always just getting up and doing it uh Arash appreciate you taking the time out to do this man we'd love to have you on again my pleasure thanks for having me all right, that's Arash Markazi, ESPN senior writer. Uh, don't forget to check us out online at silverscreenandroll.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at LakersSBN. I'm at JazzKang21. Don't forget to subscribe and check out silverscreenandroll.com. Harrison, Anthony, Alex, the whole crew got you covered with Lakers content updated daily. We'll catch you next week.